0: We'll be in this chapter tonight, and then next Wednesday, Lord willing, we will finish up the book of Ecclesiastes, and I'm praying about what the Lord would have me to start teaching on then. I think I know, but I just want to pray and make sure I know before I continue. But Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1 tonight, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1, these are some very familiar verses, probably one of the most familiar of, of the whole book that we'll read to tonight. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Well, remember now, thy Creator, in the days of Thy youth, while the evil days come not, or the years draw nigh, when Thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them, while the sun, or the light, or the moon, or stars be not darkened, or the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house will tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they are few. And those that look out of the windows be darkened. And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. And he shall rise up at the voice of the bird. The daughters of the music shall be brought low. Also when they shall be afraid of that which is high. And fear shall be in the way. And the almond tree shall flourish. And the grasshopper shall be a burden desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets, or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel be broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Father, we thank you for tonight. Pray. You bless the reading and the teaching, preaching of your word. Give us ears to hear of understanding and knowledge. Lord, convict, work, rebuke, challenge. it needs to be in each individual heart. And if there be one in this room who does not know Jesus Christ, I pray again, Father, you'd save that one before it's too late. Thank you for again for your night and for this privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. Many of you remember this. Some of us who are a little bit younger will not, but we probably studied it or heard about it at one time. But I want to take you back to a 24-month period in the history of America when all the threads began to unravel at an alarming rate, 1968-69. American culture was experiencing revolutionary changes. Sexual revolution was well underway. Drugs were being promoted culture-wide. culture-wide. Protests at American University would climax with the shooting of four, uh, students, four students by the National Guard. America was divided, of course, over the Vietnam War. Martin Luther King was fatally shot, and 60 days later, Senator Bobby Kennedy was shot and killed. Riots were breaking out over many of the larger cities in America. But then, one month later, everything sort of, sort of stood still as American people paused and watched on their telephones, television screens as the Apollo 11 rocketed, rocket landed on the moon. More than 650 million people worldwide watched it on television. Of course, who they watch? Walter Cronkite, who was the most popular newscaster who hosted this event. He said in just 69 years, America has gone from traveling on a horse with a horse and buggy to traveling in space. Millions of people watched and heard that amazing sentence delivered by the commander Neil Armstrong as he stepped onto the surface of the moon and said, "One small step for man, one giant step leap for mankind." It was called the greatest American triumph. But what the world Mostly does not know, and I didn't know till I, till I read about this, was something that was not said, that something was actually censored and disallowed. What 650 million people did not hear was the microphone that was cut off, or the words from the microphone that was cut off by a man by the name of Buzz Aldrin, who stepped forward and read these words from Jesus Christ in the Gospel of John on the moon. John fifteen five. I am the vine, ye are the branches, ye that bideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Then he opened two small packages containing communion elements, which he brought from his small church in Texas. And reports later, uh, which were widely ignored, said that he poured the little juice into a cup, and in one-sixth gravity of the moon, it curled slowly and gracefully up the side of the cup And as Neil Armstrong looked on in silence, Buzz Aldrin took communion. The first meal on the moon was communion. It was originally going to be heard, by the way. Aldrin was going to read the communion passage as well. But at the last minute, NASA decided to keep it off the air in deference to a woman who was named Madeline Murray O'Hara, who was suing anybody and everybody who mentioned the name of God. So out of fear of litigation, NASA and the networks withheld 650 million people from what really needed to be heard. Not that it wasn't a great triumph in human ingenuity, but apart from God, we can really accomplish nothing of lasting value. There's been very few times in human history when the world was without division and corruption and unrest and wickedness and sin. And there'll never be a time when our world will voluntarily and publicly honor and remember their Creator until the Lord Jesus Christ comes back to this earth and establishes his glorious kingdom. But in the meantime, Solomon, as he said over and over in this book, and we've talked about it over and over, life down here under the sun without allegiance to the Creator God will become empty, futile, and in the end, disastrous. So Solomon ends this book called Ecclesiastes, we look at some of his final comments and some of the most important words that he writes, especially to us as we end our days on this earth. He says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. What can we remember? Well, remember your creator so that you don't become misguided in your youth. So remember the days you created, or why the day, evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, "I have no pleasure of them." The older you get, the more difficult life becomes. I got no amens. I got no. <laughs> With added responsibilities, challenges, and pressures, I read one commentary who was writing about this passage. And he must have been writing this around Christmas time, because he wrote tongue in cheek that life comes in four stages. In the first stage, you believe in Santa Claus. In stage two, you realize the commercial scam. You no longer believe in Santa Claus. In stage three, you become Santa Claus. You're pl- paying it for. You're paying off for all the gifts. And in the stage four, you look like Santa Claus. <laughs> so. A young person may say, don't talk to me about getting old. I will never become an old geezer. Oh, just give it some time. Just give it some time. How many of us, when we were young, said, I'll never look like my... And what do you look like right now? (laughs) All of us look a little bit like our parents. So, remember when you get old one day. it's not. Don't remember when you get old one day, but remember your creator. Think about the fact the Apostle Paul said about... The truth of the creator was being suppressed and God was not being honored even 1900 years ago. The strategy of the enemy is to pummel our youth with the, the propaganda of evolution. You have no creator. The universe is a result of random chance. You come from an explosion or you come from a monkey. You're just a little more highly skilled animal and your life result, is a result of gene mutations. Your life... Is whatever you make it to be was taught in most of our secular human uh, secular uh, university is the religion it's called humanism secular humanism where man is God man is God and basically the mantra of man is get all you can while you can whoever has the most toys wins Don't think about the afterlife. Oh, do good to other people as much as you can. But life really is about yourself and focus on yourself. That is the religion of most universities today. That's exactly what Satan wants you to think. He he doesn't want you to think about God. He doesn't want you to think about Jesus who said, Without me, you can do nothing. He wants you to rely on yourself. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Rest in your education, rest in your wisdom, rest in your ingenuity, rest in your experience. Well, how good does that get you down life? Not very far, not very far. Actually, the Hebrew word here for remember is more than simply recalling something or bringing something to your mind. It carries the idea of a commitment or decision that results in action. So remember, God produces resolutions to live for God. Think about the resolutions that you've made in your life, and hopefully you've made resolutions in your life. Some of you to read your Bible through. Some of you to pray every day. Some of you to pass out a gator track or witness. Some of you to be uh, forgiving more, or, or more kind or more patient. We made resolutions. And remember, God means walking with God, obeying God, applying God's wisdom, and relating everything to God's will. Because to, to, success to the world is getting more things but success for a christian is finding god's will for your life and doing it those are polar opposites what the world wants for you and what god wants for you is totally opposite and there's the struggle of life is which one are we going to which path are we going to go down the path that the world wants us to go down or the path that god wants us to go down we're not the road that according to the the nominational mission statistics, 95% of all believers come to faith in Christ before the age of 50. Most of them before they leave their childhood years behind. That's why it's important to minister to youth. That's why we have a Patch the Pirate program. That's why we have a youth program. That's why we have a youth worship program. Because we want to minister to youth when their hearts are tender so they'll receive Christ at a very young age. So it's important. Youth then is a time to believe in your creator God and follow him. So remember your creator so that you don't become misguided in your youth. But secondly, remember your creator so that you don't become miserable in your old age. <laughs> you ever met some folks who just play miserable? Uh, remember watching Sesame Street when you were growing up and the grouch? <laughs> I mean, that old guy who lived in a trash can. I guess if you lived with a trash can, you would be grouchy all the time. <laughs> but I always loved watching that guy because he was just grouchy all the time. But I've met some people like that. It's bad, it's sad, and it's going to get worse. When it's bright outside and sunny, they say, well, it should be, it should be cooler. When, it, when it's too cool, it should be warmer. There's no satisfi- There's no satisfaction to them. They just grumble and complain about everything. But the Bible, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 11:8, "But if a man live many years, and rejoice in them all." Wherever stage you're in in life, whether it be young or old, God commands us to rejoice in them, be thankful for them, for life is an opportunity. Life, every day you have, is a gift from God. The greatest resource we have in this world is not gold. The greatest resource we have is time, and life is like a vapor. It appears for a little time and vanisheth away. So it says in verse 2, While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, or the clouds return after rain. Now, some commentators think about this as uh, being fearful of darkness. In this context, some indicate that the, the sad counselors can overcome an old person who now struggles with loss of clarity or everything goes dark. One person wrote, About the time your complexion finally clears up, your memory begins to go. So you start losing your memory. Anybody ever have any problems forgetting stuff? Forget where you put your wallet. Forget where you put your keys. That's why I have a little little tag on my keys and my wallet. So when I lose them, I just press a little button and they beep at me. That's where I'm at at 52, so pray for me. <laughs> uh, maybe you think right now you think, well, I'm okay. I'm fine but maybe you can't remember if you are not. I recently read about a group of 35 year old college friends who met together having decided to reunite every 15 years or so to stay in touch. They all lived in the same town and for the first reunion they decided to eat at the Glowing Embers restaurant because it was conveniently located and they all agreed. 15 years later at the age of 50 they met and discussed where to eat. They decided to go to the Glowing Embers restaurant because they liked the menu. They all agreed. Fifteen years later, at 65 years of age, they met and discussed where to eat. They decided to go to the Glowing Embers restaurant because it was quiet and smoke-free. They all agreed. Fifteen years after that, at the age of 80, they met and discussed where to go and eat. They decided to eat at the Glowing Embers restaurant because they had never eaten there before. (laughs) Uh, It's coming to us all, isn't it? Verse 3 in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. It's a reference to the hands that are now trembling, the hands and arms that might be used to defend ourselves. They begin to shake. The strong men shall bow themselves. Solomon refers to legs of marble that are sturdy and strong among the young, but now they're weak and they tremble under the strain when the when the grinders cease because they're few. And those that look out for the windows be darker. the grinders, of course, are your teeth. Dental care now is marvelous, but originally teeth were few and far between. We've come a long way since our childhood. Remember when you were a child, you lost your tooth? You put it under the pillow and got money. Now if you lose your tooth, you're paying a whole lot of money. Woo! What happened to that tooth fairy when you go to the dentist? Solomon writes here about looking through dim windows, a reference to blurry vision. You can imagine living in Solomon's day without the benefit of glasses. Imagine not having glasses or contacts right now. Most of us would not be here right now without glasses or contacts. We would be in trouble. Verse 4, And the doors, and the doors shall be shut in the streets, and when the sound of grinding is low, there's a reference to hearing problems. Anybody have any hearing problems? The ears are shutting, shutting down uh, as if like the gates of the city, the doors of someone's house, the sound of out, outside meal, the sounds of the streets are low and not, not clearly heard. When, the, when they shall rise up at the voice of the bird, the daughters of music shall be brought low. When rise, when someone wakes up at the slightest, slightest sound in the house, the birds singing at 5 o'clock in the morning, or the more out there on the golf course at 4.58, In the morning, Lord bless them. Or a thump in the attic, sleeping through the entire night. Remember when you were a kid, you used to be able to sleep through the entire night. When was the last time you slept through the entire night without melatonin? Without a sleep aid? Oh, you young folks who are sleeping through the night, enjoy it. There's coming a day where you won't be able to do that anymore. You won't be able to do that anymore. He refers to the daughters of song, being brought low, the vocal cords that used to sing like a bird. Now crows like a different type of bird. (laughs) You don't sing as loudly or probably shouldn't sing at all. Verse 5, also when they shall be afraid of that which is high and fear shall be in the way. Uh, Which you can't sleep, the pills. Uh, when When you're fearful of the heights. Also, when they should be afraid of that which is high, the fear should be in the way. Don't get up on ladders like you used to. You don't climb up on the roofs like you used to. Aging increases fears, but the potential of physical harm are much greater. Bones are brittle. Age heals. Age heals so much slower. The fear of breaking something is now much more important to guard against. You're careful about walking up and down stairs. You're watchful for curbs. You never get on a ladder, even driving at night. We have it even now. We have it even now. And in, in, in about two weeks, it's going to be even worse. When it gets three weeks, it's going to get even darker. It says, when the almond tree shall flourish, the grasshopper shall be a burden, <coughs> and the desire shall fail. The almond tree blossoms white in the late, late winter. It begins with a reddish blossoms, then turn white. It's, it's a clear reference to the auburn hair and turning gray in the winter of light. Like a grasshopper who loses his youthful ability to hop around and drags itself along as though burdened down. Mobility becomes an issue. You walk as if burdened down. As we age, we start to not walk, begin to shuffle with that walker or that wheelchair. And you got to watch out for those. How life changes. So you remember your creator all the way back to the days of your youth. Start building a foundation of truth and trust in God when you can't do for yourself like you used to do in the past. One author told a humorous story of a couple who moved to Florida and decided to get married. He was 82 and she was 79. As they discussed their wedding plans, they passed a large brand new pharmacy and he pulled in. They went in and addressed the man behind the counter. He said to them proudly, We're getting married. And he says, Do you sell medication? Well, of course. How about medication for circulation? All kinds, the man said. Medicine for rheumatism? The pharmacist said, definitely. Medicine for arthritis and scoliosis? Oh yes, whatever the doctor orders. How about vitamins and sleeping pills and geritol? Absolutely, the pharmacist said you got a wide variety of wheelchairs and walkers. we got all speeds and size, sizes. That settles it. We want to use this store as our bridal registry. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> Old age is, is uh, arriving with diverse problems, but it's also arriving with divine promises. Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 3, Hearken to me, O house of Jacob, to all the remnant of the house of Israel who are born by me from the belly which are carried from the womb, even in your old age, I am he. And even to whore hairs, I will carry you. I made you, I will bear you. Even when I carry you, I will deliver you. God will take care of us. God's in control. Make the most out of your youth and make the most out of your age. But remember, in all these stages of life, remember every one of them, Remember your creator. Don't forget him. And God's words tells us that our creator will not forget us. Because ultimately, we're going to, that, to an end. Because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. We're coming towards an end. Verse 6, Or ever the silver cord be loosed, the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken in the fountain, or the wheel be broken at the cistern. In this time period, and mourners were professionally trained to lament at funerals of those who were well enough to have them hired. The mourners are in the streets. Death has finally arrived. Here's the golden bowl, the lamp, the hanging from the ceil- ceiling, from a silver chain. The chain suddenly breaks. The light of life is broken. Solomon is describing a expensive lamp, perhaps to hint that death is no respecter of persons. The water pictures, picture is filled with water. Water in the Old Testament is a image of life but the machinery the wheel, suddenly breaks it stops working the image of the heart stopping to pump and suddenly the picture of life is shattered and death has arrived what happens after death no more metaphors from solomon no more poetry just raw facts verse 7 and the death returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to god who gave it as we read in Genesis chapter three and verse nine, the sweat, the sweat of the face, thou shalt eat bread till the, thou return into the ground, for out of it thou wast thou wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and to dust shalt thou return. That's not the end. We don't die just like a die a dog and go back to the earth. Is there separation from body and spirit? The material and the immaterial. Your, body, your physical body returns ultimately to dust, but your spirit lives on. The spirit. The Bible tells us that it will immediately go to heaven, absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. If you do not know Jesus Christ, it will go immediately to hell, the place of torment, where the unbeliever waits to their final judgment before God. So remember your Creator so you don't become misguided in your youth. Remember your Creator so that you don't become miserable in your old age. But thirdly and finally, remember your Creator so that you aren't mistaken at your death. The greatest tragedy in the history of the world is someone who dies without Jesus Christ and they realize they are wrong. They're wrong. Vanity of vanities, verse 8, said the preacher. All is vanity. Sound familiar? Been talking about it over and over since the first chapter. One man said he went to this other person for counseling said, two weeks ago, for the first time in my life, I went to the funeral of a man my own age. I didn't know him very well. We worked together. I talked, talked to each other from time to time. Had kids about the same age. He died over the weekend. It could just as well have been me. That was two weeks ago. That I already replaced him at the office. I hear his wife is moving out of the state two weeks ago. He was working 50 feet away from me. Now, as, as if he never existed. It's like a rock falling into a pool of water. The water's the same level as it was before, but the rock is gone. This man said I hardly ever sleep. I can't think about what happened to him. That's true. There's one two things that are sure in life. Birth and death. If not for the rapture of the church, all of us someday are going to be buried. So Solomon is coming to the end of this book that he's Writing and he's saying to it, life is short. It's just a breath away. A breath, a vapor between you and death. So realizing that, remember your creator. He gave his life to make your life worth living. He came to earth so you could go to heaven. He was rejected so that you could be accepted. In this life, he's given you purpose. So live to honor him. He introduces you to others. You find joy in him. You can rejoice in the good gifts. You can serve him along the way. You can talk of his goodness. You can rejoice in his blessings. In this day of social media uh, and scams, from time to time, someone contacts me. Just, just yesterday, just two, two people who I know, one's a relative, one's a friend, contacted me and said they knew me but they don't know me (laughs) any of that happened to you recently like about every day at least once a week somebody scams me and says hey you know then they think they know me but after about five lines they're trying to sell me something and that someone did that to me today and they said what and they asked me now what do you do and i just went along with it because i'm i always try to tell them about jesus i figured hey if it's a scam at least i better tell them about jesus they said, what do you do? I said, I'm a preacher. They said, Is that, does that pay good? I said, yeah, I get a mansion. I'm going to mansion. I, I got gold. They got, you got gold? Yeah, I'm going to have peace eternal and joy everlasting and hope and truth and love. And they said, wow. <laughs> oh, they couldn't believe it. Hey, if you're, to, if you're going to try to scam you, you might as well have fun with it, right? The world does not know what they're doing. They're living for paste pearls. They're working for gold and we're going to walk on it in heaven. Oh, how much different life is going to be. Can you imagine the moment that we arrive in heaven? The transition from mortality to immortality. The moment we're in that eternal state with gates of pearl and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and laughter and singing and joy and no more sin ever, forever, and forever. And no more pain and no more death forever. But can you imagine the moment the spirit of the unbeliever travels through the gates of hell? The place of torment described by Jesus himself. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Can you imagine that moment, the second after death, when they realize there really is an eternal God? There really is a creator. There really is sin. There really is an afterlife. There really is judgment. The Bible is true. Their conscience is telling them about the truth. Creation was declaring the truth to them. Other people, friends and loved ones, grandmothers, cousins, aunt and uncles were telling the truth, but they ignored it. They gave excuses I don't have time. They gave excuses I don't understand it. They gave excuses not for me, but now it's real and it's forever never it never changes in fact it's going to get worse for everyone who rejects jesus christ will go to hell and ultimately they'll be cast into the lake of fire forever oh how horrible it's going to be dear friend we're at the end of the end of time and there's ever a time you're going to witness to your loved ones now's the time now's the time you say they'll reject me they might You see, they might not listen to me. They might. I was at the wedding this last week Been praying for my brother-in-law. 15 years to get saved. God gave me opportunity to witness to him one more time. He didn't get saved. He made excuses. But God gave me another opportunity. Whatever opportunity God gives you, take it. Because life is like a vapor. It appears for a little time then vanishes the You don't know how long we have. So remember your creator means you won't be misguided in your youth. Walk with him. Remember your creator means you won't become miserable in your old age. Trust him. Remember your creator means you won't be mistaken at your death. Believe in him. Let us remember our creator. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your precious word. Thank you how it speaks to us each of us individually, sometimes differently because of where we're at. The Spirit of the living God, I pray that you would help each one of us, Lord, realize the time that we're living and help us to redeem the time for the days are evil. Oh, how precious these moments are as we come towards the end of this age, of the church age, of the age of grace. And we soon will be caught up in the rapture of the church. Oh, we long for that day. We look for that day. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But Lord, while we're here, help us to tell others. Help us not to be so preoccupied with this life that we don't take time to tell others of the eternal what will matter a billion years from now. When your spirit speaks to us, help us to boldly tell others, especially the ones that we know, That father, that daughter, that brother, that cousin, that son. Help us, Lord Jesus. Give us the holy boldness as we enter into this holiday season. And we will see some of these maybe for the last time. Give us the holy boldness to share the good news, the greatest news, the gospel of Jesus Christ one more time with them before it's too late. His head bowed and eyes closed.